The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here on employmentradio.com. Oh, hello, my friends, and welcome to another glorious episode of uh, Fun Employment Radio's Best Ofs. Hello to you. My name is Sarah, uh, one half of the Fun Employment Radio team. Greg is still currently in Savannah, Georgia, uh, quickly becoming a puddle. If not, he's probably been a puddle like the entire time at this point. He was uh, <laughs> posting pictures of how hot it was there, and I think the first one I saw it was about um, not. Well, I guess it's still bad, but it was like 91 degrees, but the real feel of it was like 109. So uh, needless to say, I think he's a little warm over there. But uh, I am here in Portland, and I have taken some time to put together um, some best ofs this week while he's out of town. And so I've been kind of compiling some of my favorite interviews. And so this one today is a two-parter. The first part being one of our favorite people who's been on the show a bunch of times, uh, the one and only Mr. Baron Vaughn. Uh, this is when we had him in uh, a couple years ago, a couple years back, but this is an amazing uh, chat with him. He is so funny. We talked about Mystery Science Theater, um, all kinds of secret rappers, uh, Babyface. He even sings a song. It's pretty incredible. So Baron is a super cool guy. Again, this is going to be an interview with Baron Vaughn. And um, why don't we just go ahead and get it started? Here he is, Baron Vaughn on Fun Employment Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. It is Bridgetown Comedy Festival week. That is why this intro is short. And if you've been listening all week, you should know that already because that's how these things work. Uh, <laughs> get your tickets at BridgetownComedy.com. And we are joined now. I'm, I wonder how many times... Probably I'm like not really four sure. Four or five? Four or five? Maybe Something five. Like maybe, maybe five. 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 Maybe five. five. We'll estimate at five. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Baron Vaughn. Hello. 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 Baron, we're so happy to have you. Good to be back. I know. I um, always love stopping in here, talking with y'alls. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so Hearing much. Hearing just little snippets of the Battlestar Galactica <laughs> opening. <laughs> yep. That I just I just uh, had my, my girlfriend and I, we just watched all of it. Oh. She had never seen it. Had, had you seen it before? Oh, yeah. I saw it years yeah. ago. I'm thinking about rewatching it because it's been a few years since I've seen it. It yeah. is prescient, <laughs> if at that. Yeah. Very imagine. prescient. Yes. Um, but uh, it was interesting because it's like, she was like, oh, there's all these memes and like things, like <laughs> sayings. Now that she and, gets. and she's like, oh, the, oh, Cylon, this is where that's from. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> sort of situation. I just kind of started, I, I've watched part of Breaking Bad, not all of it, but now I'm uh, getting the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'm getting these references yeah, now because I never understood it before. That's kind of the weird thing about, um, I guess, binge watching or this mm -hmm. kind of era of consuming entertainment that mm -hmm. we're in is that no one is ever in the same place with anything. Yeah. Right. So it's like either people have watched the whole thing years ago or are going to watch it, haven't listened to that album, haven't read mm -hmm. that. Uh -huh. So it's like everyone is always coming to every, there's too much stuff. It's there's there's so stuff. many different <laughs> options. Yeah. That it's hard so to keep up. There's so much stuff that you're in right now, too. Oh, yeah. look at that transition. Oh, yeah, my. Wow. Well, we're supposed to talk about I anime, so we can do anime first. and then. <laughs> <laughs> I think we do this, then we get to anime. Okay. We, make, we work our way to anime. <laughs> okay. um, Got to work up to it. Because I was going to say, I did uh, was watching some Mystery Science Theater Who 3000 this morning. Everybody hey. is Everybody talking is about that. It. Everywhere I go, oh, I hear man. people talking about it. Thank goodness. And they're saying good things, hopefully. They're saying good things. Yes. Things. <laughs> congratulations. Uh, congratulations, sir. 
Thank you. I might yeah. sneeze. Yeah, okay. I, know. I was wondering I was what was like going on. Pause yeah. and see if that's like, oh, he doesn't want, want to talk to, about uh, this. Do you want me to grab you a paper towel? No, no, I think I'm okay. All yeah. right. Did it I pass? Think it, I think it went away. <laughs> I got to do that into the microphone so the audience can hit. No, no. Yeah. Everybody so has different levels of like allergies and sniffles when they've, come, when oh, they've yeah. been coming through. Billy Wayne, we just had him earlier, and he woke up with some sort of like allergy head cold kind of Today? Thing. Today. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe it has to do with the, the fact that it's a little cloudy, but yeah. sometimes it's like well, the, 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 what can happen is <laughs> the clouds us. kind of capture the pollen and like keep like a pollen cloud. Oh, like a pollen kind of, bubble. Mm-hmm. Like a pollen bubble. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes what happens is rain washes that pollen out of the sky, mm-hmm. which is why you'll see it like, you know, in the water or stuff like that. I can't tell if Kenny is shaking his head like, yep, yep, that's oh, no, what he's agree- he, he agrees with everything. He's probably looking yes. it up right now to fact check. <laughs> Kenny fact checks all of our interviews Perfect. now. So we'll, but we'll, then you know. the other problem is most cities with trees mm-hmm. have trees that produce a lot of pollen, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have the trees that produce pollen, it means that mm-hmm. you have trees that bear fruit. And then there'd be apples and oranges and bananas. I don't remember what grows in trees. Uh, falling on people's <laughs> sure. heads sure. Yeah. all the time. Anyway, back to anime. Um, yeah. <laughs> so no. what is the show you were talking about? Well, well, just real quick. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy, happier than happy that people who loved the show like the new version. Yeah. I bet, I, was that a little yeah. bit stressful? A little bit. <laughs> Try to say it lightly. Oh, yeah. man. Like, Nerds love change. Um, so, <laughs> you know, like, it's 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 funny because actually Hampton Yunt, who, who's the voice of Crow, is here as well at mm-hmm. Bridgetown, and so is Jonah Ray. And uh, we're actually doing a little, uh, you know, evening with, I guess, the Mystery Science Theater yeah. 3000 cast. Uh, you know, at the Revolution Hall. Which is happening Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Can Indeed. Tickets now? BridgetownComedy.com. We're going to watch um, a movie called Cry Wilderness, which is the second episode of the season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, it seems to be most people's favorite episode of the new really? season. A lot of the fans feel like it's one of their favorite episodes of all time. They think it's going to go down wow. as one of the greats. And there's other episodes later in the season that I think are better, but that's is actually part of the culture of MST is it's sort of like your calling card, you know, mm-hmm. like what are your favorite episodes? Mm-hmm. You know, Joel years, Mike years. Oh, so yeah. everyone's always constantly talking about what their favorite episodes are, yeah. what their favorite lines are. So it's like, you know, you watch an episode and you might get a lot of the jokes. That's going to be one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. You might watch an episode where you get none of the jokes, not going to be one of your favorites. <laughs> that makes sense. But, it's also like we got to do this, you know, a little tour where we watched the first episode with some of the backers from Kickstarter. And it was I my experience with Mystery Science Theater 3000 was watching it by myself, mm-hmm. you know, in my room as a kid. Yep. Yeah. Never watched it with a crowd. That's it. Same here. That was incredible. That's why I'm like, we have to watch a movie with the audience. So is that what you're doing at this event? We're going to watch this episode and then nice. we're going to do like a little Q&A. So is it like cinematic afterwards. Titanic a little bit? Because I know they did that tour for Mystery Science Theater like years ago. Well, it is. I mean, Cinematic Titanic is the other brainchild of Mr. Joel Hodgson. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're not live riffing it, yeah. the movie. We're gotcha. just, we're going to show the episode. Wonderful. Okay, got it. That would be the difference. Mm. Because Cinematic Titanic and Riff Tracks, I think they actually live riff the actual yeah. movie. They do. So we're just going to watch the the episode, and then we're going to do like a Q&A afterwards. That's 
Cool. I would prefer but that. But I'm, I'm really awesome. interested to see, like, how people react to the episode, like, Yeah, laugh, actually laugh hear wise. laughs and, like, where... Yeah. Kind of incredible. Well, I, wa- I want to say, like, how far-reaching it is, because I have friends who aren't even big into the comedy scene who have just purchased, like, singly tickets to go see the MST3K mm-hmm. huh. this, this yep. weekend. So, like, all right, well, we're not getting the Bridgetown Festival passes. However, I mean, a lot of people are, of course. It's a wonderful festival. Which, yeah, the sure, best at BridgetownComedy.com. Um, but, yeah, just buying the individual tickets just to, to see you guys do your thing. That's crazy. It's it's what I did not know because there's a lot of people in my past from that I've known for years that are like, oh, I love the show and I had no idea. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if you would have told me this five, ten years ago when we knew when like we grew around each other, we would have had a very different friendship because <laughs> yeah. we would have been watching episodes. People are coming out of the woodwork. Like Bobby Lopez, who is an egotter, right? Mm-hmm. Who wrote Frozen <laughs> and wow. like Book of Mormon, wrote a song for us. Wow. The other day, Kirk Hammett. You know, lead guitarist Kirk of Metallica yeah. was like, "Oh wow, new new Mystery Science Theater three thousand episodes." I'm like, "What? What the? F- yeah, just so the weird. people coming out of the woodwork had no idea that they're fr- friends. Yeah, uh-huh. that they're friends. Oh, which wow. is the uh, friends is the uh, the fan base of Fran Drescher. It's <laughs> 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 the friends. I always thought it was Franny's, but you know, okay. oh yeah, that yeah. makes sense. They had yeah. their Franny packs. Uh-huh. Ooh, where you Marketing. open it goes <laughs> when you open it. All right, that's hor- that's horrible. Oh my god. So anyway, <laughs> back to anime that was and good. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's an anime show that I there's a couple anime shows that I really like right now. So what yeah. what made you make the transition into not watching anime to watching anime? Well, you've always been an anime fan. Yes and no. You know, honestly, when I was young, I saw I saw an anime porn. Hmm. Okay, and then I thought was that confusing. That, I mean, it was so confusing <laughs> because I had heard so much about anime, and I thought, "Wow, is this what all anime is?" I don't <laughs> think I'm into this. It was like a lot tentacle porn. That's like a big yeah, thing, okay. and I was like, "No, I don't ever want to see any." So it was like, "Hey, we're gonna watch an anime movie." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. I don't ever want to watch anime ever again." Did you talk about that, dude? <laughs> yeah. But then I, a couple years ago, stumbled upon Cowboy Bebop, which is considered one of the great anime mm. shows of all time and then I started watching another one called Samurai Champloo's which is the same creator okay so I do watch them now you know I'm not a like a true believer like I haven't been in them for like you know decades like mm. some people I do know like I'm not a cosplayer you know and definitely not a Bill cosplayer but uh, <laughs> oh that's just up there with the franny pack yeah. that'll end in charges <laughs> um <laughs> So it's kind of um, it's interesting to me because I do like watching shows and movies from other cultures, other countries, yeah. mm-hmm. because I'm always interested in what they're indoctrinating themselves with. Right. Because you watch American TV. We're always kind of beating our ourselves over the head with our values. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to watch stuff from Japan and kind of see the things that they Constantly beat themselves over yeah, the head it's with a different perspective, or Chinese movies, or movies from Nigeria or Brazil. Right. So I kind of can learn about, like, you know, the art always tells you what the people are about. Absolutely, that's a good point. Yeah, it's a reflection of what that's they're, very what deep. they think. Oh, I'm a deep, I'm a deep, I'm a deep dude. Yeah. I'm a deep, deep dude, Sarah. All Remember, right. he, did just say, <laughs> he did just say "Franny Pack" about two minutes ago. So I mean, let's just. Keep Doesn't it, get deeper that than that. I will remember that forever. It's like the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting my passport. I have my Franny Pack. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> so, Baron Von, most known for his Franny Pack yeah. jokes. <laughs> But now you've got you've realized that not all anime is porn, and you are watching. Anime. And what's this one that you were ta- that we must see that you were talking about? Oh, it's called Attack on Titan. If you're not Attack busy watching Titan. Grace and Frankie on Netflix, then you should watch this. Yes, Attack on Titan is on Netflix. Um, the first season is on Netflix, at least the first 
two seasons. The second season is out right now, I think. That's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, Attack on Titan is, it's pretty insane. That's the other thing about anime is, you know, it's animation, which you sometimes think, well, it's not going to be too serious or too gory. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then it is really serious yeah. and it is really gory. And they take death very seriously and all the death scenes are very graphic. Okay. My little sister was talking about it the other day. She's like, oh, I couldn't get into it. It's a little gory. Really? And I was like, hmm, yeah, exactly. I've never watched any anime, so I mean, I didn't know that it could get like that. Yeah, it can. It depends on it depends on what it is, and that's that's a testament to the storytelling. Mm. Okay. If you really kind of buy into the situation, because it's a ridiculous situation. It's basically like a, almost like a fantasy sort of genre thing where humans live in this society that is covered with these gigantic walls because outside of the walls in the wild are titans which okay. are these giants these giants that look like they have baby faces they're naked they have no genitals and they eat humans they have an insatiable Jesus. crave for human flesh Ooh, that's nightmare that, inducing that actually sounds interesting <laughs> it's it is nightmare inducing especially yeah. because everyone takes death very seriously yeah and it's and it's really really weird and interesting, but there's a lot of stuff about what it means to be part of a team, what it means to trust someone, mm-hmm. like the value of life, yeah, like the greater good versus it's it's a lot of really interesting themes that get um, uh, oh and also information yeah that's another thing because all these people are not allowed to go outside of the walls and people want to go outside of the walls. They literally have grown up being a prisoner in some sort of sense, mm-hmm. and they're being fed this propaganda about why they shouldn't go out there, what right. titans are, and little by little, it's all kind of breaking apart. So there's also a lot of, like, you know, government sort of, you know, indictment. Like Big Brother mm-hmm. kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. So, and it is pretty freaking wild. Wow. Especially when you see a titan and it looks like a cartoon baby face and you're like, all right, that's it. And then it's eating someone. You're like, oh, that's actually kind of gross and and violent. Yeah, I think it's the idea of the baby face. That's the part that's really... Some of them have baby faces. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't mean like, um, when will I see you again? (laughs) I don't mean that baby face. That's a different baby face. That is a different baby face. And he was a giant of R and B. Very different. (laughs) He was a titan of the recording industry. Incredibly incredibly different. That made me happy. Okay, good. Thank yes. you. No, I was just like lost in thought for a second. Like, whatever happened to Babyface? I know. I was thinking he about was everywhere. Edmonds, right? Is that, is that his last name? Babyface Edmonds? I think you're right. I think that's it. How do you even know that? I don't know. Well, isn't I just he remember. Impressive. I had a Babyface album. Which I one? Mean, oh, I don't can't remember. remember. Yeah. You had a Babyface album. Yeah. Okay. Babyface was the shit. <laughs> yeah, like Babyface. I mean, like pretty nineties is when I had it, but that's that's the last time. I yeah. miss like uh, like nineties slow jams. They like whoa 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 whoa. Oh yeah. I can I can make you a slow jam right now, Sarah. <laughs> Do it, please, Sarah. Give me some suggestions. Give me two suggestions. Um, I wanted to deal with butterfly kisses mm-hmm. and uh, uh, sunshine on a rainy day. Oh, now, girl, gonna fulfill his wishes. I'm coming at you with these butterfly kisses. Cause you know I'm gonna do it my way. Whether it's a cloudy or a sunshiny day. Oh, girl, don't you see? That's how I live. Butterfly kisses is what I will give. And every day that a titan ain't killing, I'm gonna do it to you, Sarah X Dillon. <laughs> there you go. That's my new ringtone. Wow. Thank you very much. That was it. 
I like the almost cry at the second butterfly kisses too. That was it. Yeah, no, there was the, I, I, where the like emotion the voice was. Breaking. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> you know, when it's a Sunday, <laughs> if you wake up late and uh, the brunch line's too long, I know, I know what we gotta do. Gotta do. <laughs> That's the <laughs> the whisper, the little yeah. rap in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a breakdown. Yeah. Wow. So I know you have all your you have your comedy, your acting. Are you going to go for a music career next? Uh, yeah, it does seem to be. Um, my 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 moniker is going to be adultish Gambino. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really got Kenny. Uh, <laughs> I. Um, you know, I I do sing and I do stuff, but I kind of like my friend Open Mike Eagle, um, who I do my show The New Negroes with down in L.A. Um, he he dubbed me a closet rapper. Oh, he said he, he told me I'm his favorite closet rapper. <laughs> yeah, because I rap and I write rhymes, but I don't really share them with anybody. Yeah, yeah. You just know, at home, just kind of for myself to to know that I can do it, or just sometimes I like a little piece of phrasing or wordplay, mm. but I don't really share it. Yeah. So he's he's asked me if I would be interested every now and then, or you know, of making some music, and I'm like, it, it's intimidating to me because it's already scary to be like, I'm funny, and then go on stage, <laughs> and then everyone welcome you with crossed arms, being like, prove it. But to be like, I have musical ability, it's di- like it's a different because comedy is like immediate feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like music. If people hate it, you still have to play the rest of the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or if you make an album that people hate, you're not going to (laughs) know for a while (laughs) until people are like, listen to your album, hate it. Yeah. So it's like you have to pour your heart into something and then people are like, no, don't like it. (laughs) Where stand up, I can be like, all right, people hate that joke. I'm going to stop talking about (laughs) that. But a song, it takes a while to like actually write and make and think about. Yeah. Well, like so your it's album, intimidating. Like yeah. your album, Black Existential Crisis, which just came out recently. Yeah, which I did is... here in Portland. Oh, very cool. At the uh, Doug Fur Lounge. <sighs> when did you record that? I want to say it was January of uh, 2016. Okay. Yeah, so like a yeah. little over a year ago. Awesome. What made you decide to record it here in town? Well, you know, I I have a connection with Portland. Um, I was actually, that was what I was talking to Kenny about in the car, is that... Like, besides Las Vegas, where I grew up, Mm. Mm -hmm. Portland is a city that I continue to come back to. I've come here, you know, like at least once a year over the last decade, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes multiple times a year. So I tend to like it here. You know, I tend to like the people here, you know, this just interesting people. I I feel like a lot of the people of color that are hiding in Portland (laughs) come to see me Mm. and they're interesting people. Um, but it's also just kind of interesting to to have a connection to a city where I feel like I know it a little bit. So mm-hmm. when I come back and it's changed, yeah. it's like I'm like, oh, this is different. Yeah, because, you can tell. Uh, yeah, what's changed and what's what's yeah off about it. Exactly, and it's I don't have that connection with any other city but Vegas. Uh-huh. You know, to be like every time I come there, I'm like, oh, this used to be this, mm-hmm. and then people are talking about like, hey, that used to be this, and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I see, I remember. So it's nice that it's kind of familiar when you come here. It is, but it's also interesting to just kind of feel the character of mm-hmm. a city change. Like San Francisco, I used to go to a lot as well, but I don't as much mainly because most of the people I know there left, mm-hmm. and they tell me why they left. Yeah, they're just like it's too expensive like everyone has all these artists have been pushed out of into Oakland and really they're all being pushed out of Oakland now into even further and further away so it's just interesting because I think in the next decade a lot of cities that we that have a specific kind of character or style or you know you go San Francisco is like this Mm -hmm. it's going to be a completely different 
feel yeah. and vibe. Like New York, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be the Lower East Side. It's like you couldn't walk down the street without stepping on many needles that were just <laughs> there. And now it's like the hippest, trendiest part of New York City. Yeah. So it's kind of like I'm interested in... Like I'd be like San Francisco, I bet is just going to be nothing but dot comers, sort of like that. That yeah. that everyone is taking. They've taken it over. It's too expensive. Oh yeah. Like all the like you know the 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 queer people that have kind of helped you know create the culture of that city since the '60s are yeah. all kind of leaving and being pushed yeah. further and further out. So it's like all the artists are leaving and being pushed further out. So I'm interested to see what will be left. Yeah. In its wake. And I guess Portland is a place that I kind of look at that like as well. Yeah, can mm-hmm. you see I'm just gonna say you can it's, see it from an outside perspective happening. Like yeah. When you see, it's just it's overwhelming I mean, sometimes. There's so many good parts about Portland still, but as you know, more people can't live in San Francisco, so they move here because it's cheaper, therefore then they make it less cheap and affordable because they're moving into the two thousand dollar a month, you know, like a hundred foot apartments. Mm. Yeah. It is it is different. This city's kind of weird right now. With that, because you can see like all the, all the big condos and all that stuff that's going up. Right. So there's a lot of. I mean, you have to build someplace. People are moving here, and people need housing. But at the same time, and they're moving here at a crazy rate, right? You guys insane. are having like a population it's like boom, a yeah. hundred a day or something like that. Was the like that are moving into the city? I mean, it's it's a lot of people that adds up. But um, and a lot of traffic, and everyone's just starting to get. You know, it's a really friendly city, but it's starting to get a little less friendly as people are getting a little grumpier. Yeah, <laughs> there are more people. A grumpier, you mean the entire country is <laughs> yes. getting yeah, grumpier. I, Th- yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think we have the market on that. That is very true. That is very true. I had a theory that my me and my girlfriend were talking about the other day is you can always kind of tell where a country is spiritually mm-hmm. by what's going on with homeless people. Because homeless people are inside the energy. They're kind of like sponges for whatever's in the ether. Yeah. So it's like the scarier and more violent and weirder that homeless people get, the scarier and more violent and weirder the country must be at large. That's, That's interesting. Yeah. Because sometimes homeless people are not bad people, you know, right. like they're te- technically most homeless people are not bad people, mm. you know, right. because and it's also they became homeless because of shit that we don't understand a situation that they were forced into. Mm-hmm. That is indicative of the larger culture as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if they didn't hit this hit this block and hit this wall and this block, they wouldn't be homeless. Right. right. But who was it? I think it was like Salt Lake City or somewhere where they they did this experiment where they just started putting homeless people in housing that was empty. Oh, yeah. Like they just built this building of like apartments and no one was living in it. And they're like, why don't we just put homeless people in that? Yeah. That place mm. and see work? what happened. Yes. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> it I mean, worked. I mean, you know. You just, I mean, because it's like. Then yes, they, it gives them, gives them a place to live. I just mean, did it did it help like in the long run? Did it help everybody it, out? It did help because it was like, first of all, it's it's less expensive for the city yeah, to for just sure. put homeless people in housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then. You know, like homeless people are not lazy. You know, they're not they're like they're not idiots. That's a thing of the culture. It's just like, oh, you're homeless. You made all the wrong choices. Oh, you're rich. You made all the right choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neither no. of those are technically correct. No. So, you know, I think that a lot of those people were just kind of like, oh, I have a home. Like they had an address to put on a job application. Right. Yep. And just that simple thing mm-hmm. was just like empowering. And people were able to kind of pick themselves up. Just a sense of dignity too. yeah. You know, having a place. Yeah. So wow. anyway. That's, that's inspiring. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was yeah. just listening to the whole story like that. That made me happy. But regardless, you know, but, you know, now some people are getting scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. they are. Even she... people in homes. Yeah, right. Very scary. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
How is that going around the country just when you're doing stand-up and stuff? Can you feel that oh, in the audiences? Yeah. Or? Oh, it's weird, man. Yeah. It's very, very weird. It's it's because I was touring a little bit before the election. There's a comedian, mm-hmm. Janelle James, who lives in New York. And I remember she maybe wrote on Facebook when when the election results kind of happened the way that they happened. She was like, a lot of people are surprised, but if you were touring this country, yeah. you were not surprised. And I kind of felt that because there's there's just there's such a polarization you know, and people really far on the left or really far on the right and mm-hmm. not enough people who want to kind of, I guess, reach across the aisles. Yeah. Not that Something I think that middle. that is the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But wanting to do that is a start. Yeah. And that is not where people are. Yeah. You know, it's so and, and that and I can't blame people because people are angry. You know, it's it, it's 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 a strange time and people want to blame their problems on a group, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, you know, I I know history, and anytime any um, government has been really focused on the purity of their citizenship, man, it goes well yeah. historically. Yeah. Yeah, Every time good. that happens, it just goes a great. There's great any way. examples of that. Yeah, yeah and I can't I can't think of any examples. Yeah. you know, off the top uh, of my head from every country in Europe. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like you know, people don't want to hear about things that they don't already agree with yeah you know and i think that kind of it, it kind of connects to the bigger question of community and mm-hmm. citizens and i'm um, citizens and cities yeah where there's a big disconnect it's like we don't really know our neighbors the way that we used to know them so it's it's harder it's to talk to people that live on our block and it's not even not knowing them it's like we're, you're instead like a condition to be afraid of them yes exactly yeah. suspicious oh yeah. man like mm-hmm. if like i was saying me and my girlfriend were talking about this because this is an idea i had for a joke it's like it's indicative of where we are as a culture that when if you're in like a public space, right, and someone mm-hmm. walks in and they're like in a bad mood or frowning, you're like, oh, I know. I know how you feel. Mm-hmm. And if someone walks in and they're smiling, you're like, what the hell is your problem? Yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you have to smile about? Oh, that smug bastard you m- must yeah. be a murderer. <laughs> or some sort of perv. Your happiness is irritating. <laughs> but that's where we've been taught to be suspicious of each other in, yeah. a, in a really deep way. Mm. Which I learned from watching all of our TV and movies. Mm. Mm. Okay, full circle. Of... Full circle. That's what they call me. Johnny Full Circles. <laughs> Just concentric circles. Of point. Yeah. Johnny Full Circles. <laughs> oh, well, so you're doing, uh, so you did your new Negro show last night. Yes, it yes. did. And you're doing another one tonight, right? Yes. Which we which, are going to be what, at. What uh, did I see about Comedy Central? Yeah, we're oh, doing uh, Comedy Central. We're doing a season of, uh, that is so amazing. of the show on Comedy Central. That's so great. So uh, anybody out there who, who does not know what the show is or, or is like Negroes, what is that? <laughs> Did Sarah just say Negroes? I'm offended. <laughs> um, the, sh- the title is, uh, I've co-opted it from a book mm. from the 20s, which was an anthology of writers, thinkers, poets, uh, philosophers at the time who ostensibly shaped the Harlem Renaissance. So it's like people like Langston Hughes or... Zora Neale Hurston, W.E.B. Du Bois is in there. And let's hear it for Du Bois. Um, let's give Du Bois a change. <laughs> Did you hear Kenny's woo? Yeah, a woo <laughs> over there. No. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt the singing. Please. No. Well, it's just like, you know, they they kind of were speaking for themselves. And they co-opted the term New Negro as well. Which was just about an idea of the expansion of what blackness is in people's minds. Instead of... Being in the position where everyone around you is telling you what it is, you get to speak for yourself. 
And that's what my show is. Everyone is black, but that's the only thing that we have in common. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we're from the same culture. It doesn't mean that we're from the same neighborhood. It doesn't mean that we, you know, people are people are poor. People are born rich. People are, you know, from some people are from the suburbs and some people are from the ghetto. Some people went to college. Some people did not go to college. Some people are men. Some people are women. Some people are trans. Some people are queer. Some people, everyone's got their own experience. And it's all this. It's all the experience of being black as opposed to that defining us in itself, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. That makes it does. makes perfect sense. sense. Perfect. Yeah. So that's the point of the show, is giving people an opportunity to say, this is who I am, as opposed to you deciding before you've heard them speak. That's amazing. Um, which is hilarious. <laughs> it is. We go yeah. every sounds really, single year. It sounds yeah. really how many, deep. But, how many yeah. times have you done this at Bridgetown now? Like four or five? Third? This might be the fourth, fourth year. This fourth, is where yeah. Bridgetown is where it started. Yeah. Bridgetown is where I started doing the show. I, rem- I remember. I remember the first because time. we didn't know if we could say Negro. I remember when we came in. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> before see, we came in, we're like, all right, should we ask? Over the years, it's we- a weird yeah. word. It's a weird yeah. word with a weird history. You know, it's because black didn't become the word until like the seventies. Yeah, you know, kind of with the, you know, the inception of like you know black, you know, black is beautiful, and kind of like the Black Panthers, and kind of taking that that word, I guess, you know, and turning it into something of, of beauty, a representation of beauty, blackness. Mm-hmm. And then African American was like late seventies, early eighties, and Jesse Jackson just kind of forced that on everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, too many syllables. <laughs> and but before black it was Negro, you know? So that's the word that Martin Luther King Jr. used. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a word that was in a way kind of used to kind of be more distinguished I feel like mm-hmm. like it was yeah. kind of like you know we are a you know we are this group of people and we you know we're beautiful and blah 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 so I'm kind of going back to that idea but that word is scary for people because people don't know the history of it mm-hmm. and it is uncomfortable because you're like can I even mm-hmm. but you know that's I am provoking people by using the title yeah. in the first place and I think that's beautiful taking yeah. it back and making people uncomfortable and making them see things you know mm-hmm. from a different perspective why thank you you're X. very so, well the series be just that like different different people that you have come and perform stand up or yes it's essentially a, a stand up series I mean mm-hmm. I'll have people that belong to three different groups one um, people who have never been on TV before so I want to be in the position and I'm lucky to be in the position to break talent on TV that has never been on TV before cool uh, two people who are um, relatively established but not necessarily household names like myself. Um, you know, and other comics that I came up with. Some of them are famous, like Hannibal's really famous now, and Eric Andre. Uh, and then the third group of people would be the outliers, essentially the vets, the people who have been in this vein, I guess, not necessarily, like being there, expressing their unique selves, perspectives, opinions for 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And they kind of predate us. So it would be comedians of that ilk as well, who have been like just working their butts off, but you know, and have legendary status amongst comedians. Yeah, but they're not necessarily famous either. Wow. They probably have incredible stories to tell. They know, have that. great stories and they have greater material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like it, you know somebody who's a vet that kind of is. I'm trying to kind of bridge the gap, I guess, between mm-hmm. generations. Kind of coming back to that community thing mm-hmm. of just kind yeah. of like we all get to know each other and kind of hold each other up a little bit more. That's the whole point. Really so you're cool. going to still be touring and everything since you're so busy with all these shows that you're working on. Oh my goodness, I have no idea. Yeah. I'm still asking myself the same <laughs> thing. You can do it, yeah. Yeah. How can I do it all? Oh. But, um, oh, that's, I just realized that this, this is that a bobblehead right oh, there? Oh yeah, yeah. Lister, yeah, our friend Jason made us bobblehead. Okay, I just realized mm-hmm. that that's the two of you. And I was yeah. just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a little metal detector for Greg because yeah. he has a metal detector. I do, <laughs> I do. 
Okay. And yeah. then I so you're just kind of like, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's hard rock. Yeah. <laughs> that's pop. <laughs> I haven't found it. That's anything. metal. Yeah. <laughs> Slayer. Oh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, uh, the show that Baron is talking about, New Negroes, we see it every year. It is yeah. just an and incredible one last showcase. Night. Yeah, I had one last night at the Doug Fur. Tonight's going to be at the uh, Bossa Nova Ballroom. Bossa Nova Ballroom. Yep. So that's yeah. at 10 p.m. tonight. 10 p.m. Go there. And then, um, I see, and you're going to be on Lance Bang's lap with us before that. Yes, right before yeah. that. Okay. So that's at Revolution And Hall. Lance is actually, he's going to direct the series of, of the New Negroes. Oh, well. cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Which is cool. Because I love how, you know, Meltdown looks. I like a lot mm. of Lance's work. So it's like he's got a very intimate style. Mm, so visually, that's what you're With yeah. the camera, yeah. And that's oh. that's what I was hoping to When, when do you start uh, filming that? We're going to film it in August. And then after that, I have no idea. <gasps> well, best of luck to you. I'm looking Hollywood. They keep you in the, the they keep you in the dark. <laughs> We're gonna call you Mr. Hollywood. Mr. Hollywood. Mr. Hollywood. Mr. Hollywood. Hey, my family already calls me that. Oh, if it isn't Mr. Hollywood. <laughs> oh, <that's> so cute. <laughs> <laughs> well. Go get your tickets right now, BridgetownComedy.com. If you don't have them already, go see Baron at everything he's doing. We're so proud of you. We're so oh, happy thanks, for you, man. Yeah. No, it's awesome. That. Yeah. It's always and, good to be back. Yeah, and thank you yeah. for always coming to visit us. Oh, yeah. being so rad. It's my favorite It's my favorite stop in Portland. Yay. Oh, my goodness. I know that you mean it because you said it in British. Uh, British accent. <laughs> I'm working on my British accent. This is my, my, my Idris Elba. <laughs> Alice, we can't keep doing this. Alice. And then he keeps doing it. That's the thing about, that's what makes it sexy. Spoiler. Stop calling me. And then he answers and he's like, hello? Oh, we can't keep doing this. And then they keep doing this. Very sexy. That's like four seasons right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we go. That was our interview with Baron. Uh, He is always such a delight to have in studio. He's one of the greatest people. So, um, yep, there you go, Baron Vaughn. And next up... For the second half of our interview portion, I would like to replay for you our interview from a few years back with the one and only Mr. Paul Reiser. That's still one of those things, like when I say that, it still doesn't seem real. I was just watching uh, The Spy Who Dumped Me yesterday, and Paul Reiser's just randomly in it. Like, Paul Reiser's in everything. Everybody knows who he is. Even if you don't know him by name, like once you see him, you're like, oh, that guy. Um, So he was really cool. I don't really get starstruck a lot but when we found out that he was coming in I was pretty freaked out but it turns out um, he was an amazingly nice guy he came in knew our names was just super friendly and it was really exciting plus my mom knew who he was so this was a very exciting (laughs) interview all around Uh, so I think let's just get to it here it is here's the one time we had Paul Reiser in studio on Fun Employment Radio Hi, this is Greg. <laughs> hi, this. Hi, this is Greg Proops, the specky one from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Not the tall guy, the fat guy, or the black guy. And you're listening to Fun Employment Radio with Greg and Sarah. Yes, indeed. Hello. <laughs> I like to play that one so we can always remind people of our names. Yeah, and I like the pause between the pause. I think that he forgot my name. I'm, I'm pretty sure or that he did. Was taking a dramatic build. It was a maybe it was it could, a dramatic build. Yeah. I like the dramatic build better. He was than trying to get more emphasis <laughs> yes. on your name than Separate, my name. Yeah, a little distance from Greg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. No, no overpowering. Um, hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to Fun Employment Radio. And as we, as we talked about yesterday and all week long, really. Mm-hmm. Joining us now here in studio, the one and only Paul Reiser. 
It is such a joy to be in this studio. <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited to have you. Like, yeah. We're almost scared to tease it because we're like, this is too good. We you know what? Just to sit here on the banks of the river uh, overlooking Warsaw uh, <laughs> and, and to think of the resistance that you people are, are, are putting out daily against the occupation, it, it, it's, it's, it's to be commended. Damn we're, we're trying to do what we can. Yes. You know? And you're saying this will uh, be heard in the United States. In the United yes. States of America. Well, Select locations. That, <laughs> <laughs> we do have a big following in China. To get a guess. Unexpectedly. To, to push against the totalitarianism <laughs> that is enveloping Eastern Europe at this point. I think you guys are doing remarkable, brave work. Yes, thank, thank you. Sir. We've got a ship off the coast of Taiwan that broadcasts it in yes. the Yes, and so there, to so. free the human spirit, yeah. but also uh, to plug my appearance in town in Portland. That's exactly Those, those two things, I think, are important. <laughs> if we can get anything across. Yes, if the people just... Just know that tonight and tomorrow I'll be at at, at the at uh, helium. helium at helium in in Portland yes. on the corner yes. of uh, Southeast Hawthorne and Ninth. Indeed, yes, right down the street. Is it right here? Yeah, well, I might as well sleep here. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Crazy you, to true. move. The yeah. couch is a little small, but it's comfortable. Yeah, it's a, it's a comfortable one. It's soft. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So this is your first time in Portland? Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, I was here once for a meeting that I don't remember. <laughs> I should just say yes. But you know, now I've been watching the news and I'm mm. watching how the the campaigns are digging up old tapes that say, "Oh, he said this in 1973." Yep. It conflicts. So now, if I I already did an interview where I said, "Yes, I have been in Portland." But I didn't have any data to back it up. So for a brief second, this is what's going on in my mind. I was going to say to you, mm, why don't I just be clean? No, I've never been to Portland. Aha. But then you'll dig up the tape of earlier. Why did you change your story? It'll be gotcha. a conspiracy. Yeah, why did gotcha. you lie? What He'll you never mean? run for mayor of Portland with that kind of record. Well, it doesn't take much to be mayor of Portland. Right, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It is pretty simple. So how's it going? Number one, just uh, I just want to say, I didn't say, know you were going to dig that deep. I, I wanted to go that deep. Yes, it's pretty hardcore journalism. How to address that? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> You've just—it's going all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going terrific. I am having a. a, a I have not been on the road doing stand-up in twenty-something years, mm -hmm. and um, it has sort of happened uh, by uh, crazy. I just had this whim, and about a year ago, I did. I did some. I emceed some charity event and went on stage, told a few jokes, and got laughs. And I thought, "What am I crazy? This is good. Why don't we do this?" <laughs> so I saw. I just started working out in the clubs, like you know, it was like deja vu, like I did many, many years ago, and started writing and and. Uh, and it feels very different in a way. It feel, I mean, it feels yeah. beautifully familiar, but it's it's new and it's a different point in my life. But to go out and now actually go out and perform in, in other cities and, and, and see people who actually know you when they come to see you. <laughs> yeah. So it feels like, oh, it's old friends now. This is So it's, it's really, I'm having a great time. So getting back into the comedy scene, how have you seen it like mostly change in the past 20 years? Is there anything like very different from the no, last time you were yeah. touring? You know, some... Uh, yeah, well, what's different is that you can uh, film it and uh, email it to yourself. That's new. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it used to be, we used to have those big clunky uh, cassette recorders if you wanted to. But the actual doing it uh, hasn't changed, gloriously so, because it is, it's such a low-tech, simple thing that mm. there's no other way around. It's like, you know, it's like... It's like, well, how do you grow uh, an apple? Yeah, well, you still got to do that. You know what I mean? You can't uh -huh. high-tech it. So you have to go on stage every night, and you have to write jokes, and you have to just w work at it, and and, uh, and it grows, and it's a moving thing. So the fact that that hasn't changed is kind of uh, uh, comforting. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was easy to get back into it as far as that. As far as that part, did it you? wasn't easy. Yeah, <laughs> someone said, "Is it like is it like riding a bike?" I said, "No, it's like lifting the bike over your head while you climb <laughs> up the hill." It's, it, um, but it was just familiar, and uh -huh. and uh, it was as I say, it was comforting to to remember 
just how, how uh, the fun of doing something so simple because you know yeah. there's no there's no middleman you're just talking mm-hmm. and you know instantly mm-hmm. if you're on to something good or if you're not and the audience is is uh, they're not lying yeah <laughs> you know? yeah instant feedback absolutely I would imagine that's why it seems the most terrifying thing to yeah do. me too yeah doing stand up but you know what on the other hand you can also uh, if it's not going well and especially in a, in a, in a live thing you could talk about that yeah <laughs> you can say boy I misjudged I, I, I made the impression that would have been funny um, but, and then they're really <laughs> yeah, thank you for informing me. <laughs> Correcting me. My bad. My bad. <laughs> well, you've you've done so many different things too. I mean, your career is just incredible. Looking yeah, I'm at an all incredible man. Yes, yeah, I mean, well, let's, let's not stop there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you started off though as a music major. I, st- I started as a music major in college, but that wasn't like a career. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. I, I, I was I always studied music and p- played piano as a kid. Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. in bands and loved it. So, I thought, all right, let's just do that. That seems easy. <laughs> and um, but I you know I knew I wasn't going to be I mean I studied uh, classical piano and composition but I knew I wasn't really going to ever do that those guys are good <laughs> you got to be good um, but I always loved comedy and I just sort of fell into that and when I was graduating college in seventy uh, seven is when just when those kind of clubs were first appearing and Catch a Rising Stars and uh, mm-hmm. they've been open mm-hmm. a little while. And it suddenly seemed like, oh, that's a way to do it. And and you, I was sort of gravitated because not only did I love comedy, but there was a plan in place. Go to this club, and then in a few years you'll uh, you'll be on Chico and the Man. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Prinze and so all those guys. And there seemed to be a p- plan in place or some sort of structure. So that appealed to me because I, I was never the guy that could figure out how do you start something. How do you start up something where there was nothing before? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if there's a club, then you go to that place put my name down yeah and so, that's how it so yeah so now it is sort of come full circle and i didn't I, musically i didn't do anything musically for a long time until actually a couple of years ago also you know when mad about you went off the air uh about uh, 12 years ago and jeez 12 years ago yeah wow it's crazy look it does me. not seem that long ago look no you think this happens overnight <laughs> no. i work hard at this look <laughs> and um and i was really looking forward to just Chilling and 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 being home and and uh, had uh, had a boy ready and then we had another kid, uh, so I was really enjoying that and and uh, one of the things that I always wanted to do with a little free time was write some music and and ended up stumbling into this music project with this uh, wonderful singer Julia Fordham and we did it uh, again it wasn't a career move it was just sort of let's play and suddenly we had this. Uh, uh, Albums worth of, of songs, which is available on iTunes. You could yeah, yeah hurry up, hurry up now. Mm-hmm. You could still get it. Yeah, was it for the soldiers. Is well, there? there was one song on there called "Unsung Hero," yeah. which was uh, a, a salute to military families, and that was a really uh, wild experience. We, and I, I gave her this the way we would write it. I would give her music and say, "Go," and, and she would come back with something. that was always wonderful and surprising. And this one particular song, I said, this feels like some sort of anthem, sort of, I don't know, spirited something. Mm-hmm. And she, ironically, that day got into a conversation with a woman whose son was serving in Afghanistan. And so she heard this really personal other side of the story of like, oh, you know, for every person over there, every soldier serving, there's a wife, there's a husband, there's, a, there's, a, there's children, there's mothers and fathers and friends. And they're sacrificing. And what is that to have somebody uh, to be the support system for those mm-hmm. overseas? So she just turned out this song. It was just killer. We went, oh, my God, this is something. And we recorded it, and people were just really responding to it. And the first time we played it in public was uh, at a, a benefit for wounded warriors. And, you know, for a comic who's used to having people come over and say, oh, that was really funny. I like 
this was such a different response, and there were people, yeah. and these were military families coming over to some tears mm-hmm. and saying, "Thank you." You know, nobody, you don't always hear about this side of it. You hear about you know soldiers, and obviously, yes, and they need uh, our attention and 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 gratitude. But there are a lot of uh, quiet sacrifices being made daily, you know, from the kid who doesn't know when mom and dad's coming home. Mm-hmm. So uh, it got a it got a lot of play, and um, there's a video that uh, that the that the defense department gave us all this video. Said, "Here, go. We are so happy that you're doing this." Wow! Wow! And so it really yeah. stumbled into like, whoa! I've never been on the phone with the defense department before. <laughs> it's, it's it's new. New. <laughs> Usually, that's not a good yes. thing to be on the phone. With them. Who is it? Defense department. Oh, all right. <laughs> But yeah, so that was um, that was one song. The and but there's a whole album that's called uh, "Unusual Suspect," as in what does me <laughs> two of us doing together? No business working together. And so that was just a fun project. That and actually last summer I got to go out and we did six city tour and wow. wow. It was fun, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, was your cool. career seems like it's full of surprises. Like you're it not really just a, a, a comedy actor. No, like you're a writer. You're I'm a sitting singer. here in a soft yeah. basement in Portland on, a, on an otherwise <laughs> beautiful day. I didn't see that coming. In our curtained room. <laughs> yeah. This is our kill room. Uh, by yes, the way. it's like a huge coffin, but with windows. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, full of surprise. <laughs> well, in talking about that with with your career and how many different things you've done, I have to say, as soon as I posted something about you coming on the show. This town is full of sci-fi nerds. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I cannot believe how many people oh. instantly brought up aliens. You know what? I am, I am constantly reminded of this little <laughs> subculture. Is it daily? People. Is it daily? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's always somebody. And, and then I find out there are these conventions and people. It's like, Or someone will come over after a show and they'll ask me to sign... Uh, you know, uh, stills from the film. I'm going. Where did you get this? I don't even remember that. Dude, you could just make a killing just going to like comic cons and yeah. just showing up as yeah. Burke and being like, "Hey, I'm Ooh, here. I'm an asshole." I have a friend, a friend <laughs> of mine, who, who come who will make all these in jokes to, and I and I don't understand them. And goes, "That was the name of the ship that you flew in Aliens." I don't. I don't know that. I don't. I said, you know, it wasn't really a ship. You know that, right? It was, it was, it was a, two walls and a guy screaming and a big fat guy moving it to look like movement. That was a documentary film, actually. <laughs> that- because you don't remember that was the name of the small ship that left the big ship. I said, I don't. You've got to get out of the house. <laughs> but That's yeah, hilarious. God bless. It's, it's, uh, and, you know, people say, oh, you're going to see Prometheus? I went, I don't even know what that is. It's like, I, I, at the time, it's like, you don't know what that is. No, I don't. I don't, I don't Do you still ever get people that are actively mad at you about your character? Because yeah. I swear, when we post, there were at least like 15 comments just like, oh, he's so me. I'm like, you know he's acting. You know right? what he did yeah. to Ripley, though? Yeah, but now I think, you know, you know now they'll hit Vani Rabisi because he did the same thing in, in, uh, in Avatar. So I was like, <laughs> he mad at yeah. him. Yeah. He can take a punch. He's younger. So are you working on any... So you've published three books? I did three books. Uh, Fifty Shades of Me. Uh, that's right. I have 47 more books to go. I did, uh, I did a book called Couplehood when I was just... I think recently married and and uh, babyhood when my little firstborn was born, then took a little gap of fifteen years mm-hmm. and wrote familyhood and uh, which I was actually most proud of. I really actually was happy with that because um, it was a different. It wasn't just. I mean, there's a lot of funny stuff, but it was a lot more. Uh, just it was it was more introspective and. and uh, Felt like I had more to write about. You know, mm-hmm. Now being the father of two kids and and knowing what that's like and being a little further down the line, uh, it was it was a it was a it was more uh, fulfilling experience. Mm-hmm. So 
And if I'm not mistaken, there are still books uh, available on the shelves at uh, Amazon. Well, we um, have one of the biggest bookstores in the country. Oh, here forgot, in yeah, forget that. Yeah. Go to a bookstore. Yeah, yeah. Munchkin Powell's Hood. Books. Pick up uh, Powell's Books. Pick a book. And by the way, it's not that big a book, so it's not like you're committing to a month of reading. And when you're done, or even if you don't want to read it, it's a lovely coaster. Perfect. Yeah, it's not, you know, you put a cup right on it, yep. so you're saving the surface. And uh, it's not like so high. It's not like putting it on a you know on a on a five stack. It's like a sure. checkoff book or something. That's yeah. That's a terrible coaster. You could no, spill mine. Just a little raised. <laughs> well, I did see that you started. Was it Couplehood that you started it on page like one hundred and forty-five? Yeah, I started in the, on page one hundred and forty-five because I always wanted to write a four hundred page book. <laughs> and I, said, I don't have that much to say. <laughs> But also, you know, you know, you know that feeling when you're when you're in a people really responded to that because when you sometimes you're reading a book and I, I'm always checking, you know, to see how many pages left. Which you don't get the same joy when you're reading a, a, on an ebook. You, you yeah, know, it's like it's I, not yeah. the same. It tells you how many pages, but I don't feel it. I yep. want to feel it. And so sometimes you're reading and you're reading and going, and I'm only on page twelve. <laughs> I thought I'd been, I would have been much further along. But this way, you can read for a minute. Look at this. I'm on 180. Yeah. And you feel mm-hmm. good about yourself. You feel accomplished. And, yeah. And who's getting hurt? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get the whole. I, I know it sounds old. I don't get the whole e like reading things on a tablet. Thing. No, I want to know how many pages are left and and. Uh, uh, yeah, but I don't want to belittle the e the e. No, well, it's industry. A nothing wrong industry. with it. It's it a is booming industry. Booming. I think it's going to be a fad, like the hula hoop. I think it's all going to go back <laughs> to typewriters <laughs> and quill. Indeed, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Well, I know, Greg, you, you had a question my about word, the youngsters. Liberace. I did. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Because uh, well, yeah, I am fascinated with that. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> the whole, you should be. <laughs> how that? Who was, is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Seriously, how did that come about? That you became a part of this uh, uh, project? I, I I got a call. It was I, I had a very small part. I worked for a couple mm-hmm. of days, and it's an HBO movie mm-hmm. uh, called Behind Behind the Candelabra, and. Uh, and it, that uh, so matches a movie about Liberace. Yes, behind the cab. Can- well, can- yeah. uh, and, and Michael Douglas plays Liberace, and Matt Damon plays um, Scott Thornton, who is his uh, lover, who is a uh, what's the word uh, disgruntled and <laughs> sort of. And they went to court and so on. And uh, and when I first heard, it, I said, "That's a really odd. Why would there be a movie about that?" But it's great. And uh, Steve Soderbergh directed and uh, a great script by Richard Legravenais. And I play, I have, I play uh, Matt Damon's lawyer, and 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 the whole the tri- the book was based on the trials and and the transcripts of the of this. Uh, really, I mean, it's quite it's quite a lifestyle, and they're great. And, and I'll tell you something. I, I had, I haven't been. Uh, doing that kind of thing, I've been in, a, in writing the last few years, writing and producing, and and, and did a, a, a brief show of my own. But this is the first time in a long time that I'd gone and played in somebody else's sandbox, and it was you know, quite a glorious sandbox. These are yeah. top notch mm-hmm. talent. And I'll tell you, just sitting there looking at Michael Douglas and Matt Damon, going, "Okay, these guys are good. There's a reason these guys <laughs> are huge stars." Uh, it was so because that's it. There was. At first thought, you think, oh, there's a lot of pitfalls that they might tumble into. Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to be just over the top or too flamboyant? And Michael Douglas just right down the middle is perfect and and totally real. And Matt Damon is brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I'll tell you, my, and my, my, my son is a huge Bourne movie fan. So I said, well, okay, you got to come down to the set. And, I, and, and and I asked Matt Damon, and I felt like every idiot to us. I said, listen, forgive me. I said, no, we're only working one day together. But I said, my son, is, is he, he goes, yeah, man, bring him down. So he was so gracious, and my son asked him every knuckleheaded question, and he was just the most patient guy. And then uh, and uh, my son sometimes has a, a an issue with um, 
filtering himself. <laughs> and so if he's heard things, uh, he will say them. And so Michael Douglas, arguably one of the biggest stars in the world, comes over to me. said, you know, I just met your uh, your son in the hall. I said, oh, I hope it went up. He said, and he had a big smile. He goes, you know what he said to me? I said, I don't, but I'm frightened. <laughs> your son came over and he said, Mr. Douglas, I, I understand you're a very big star, but your father was even bigger. And I, went, <laughs> and I said, oh, oh did, he, did he say that? <laughs> I think I might have been just trying to educate him that your father was also in the film industry. <laughs> didn't mean it as a swipe. So, uh, but it, it was it was a lot of fun, and I think that that's going to come out on HBO in the in the beginning of next year. That's so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have a brief part, but it was a great cast, and Rob Lowe and Dan Aykroyd, and it's just oh, Rob all fun people. Yeah, great yeah, people. yeah. Rob Lowe's held up well over the years. Oh yes. I didn't say that. Yeah, well, yes, you have said that many times. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> and your son does a little bit of acting too, right? Wasn't he on your he show? He was on my show and got the got the bug, and and uh, he says he wants to be a comedian now. And uh -oh. uh, so you know, and he's funny. He's funny. And I, I took him. Uh, we went to see Bill Cosby. I said, "Come on, I don't know how how long Dr. Cosby's going to be working and want to go out and perform. So let's go." And. And he was 11, and it, it's 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 demanding to sit for an 11 year old uh, oh, rambunctious yeah. kid to sit in a theater for two hours. But he was kind of raptured, and 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 uh, it was great, great, great moment. Cosby is is you know he's really the not only the state of the art stand up, he's mm -hmm. just as good as there ever will be. But he is very much the mentor and the father figure to America, but certainly to comics too. And he's always taken. You know everybody under the wing, so we go back. And I had met him a couple of times, and he's always been so gracious and, and helpful. And I went backstage before the show. He likes to see people before because he splits right after. And we go backstage, and I, I'm going to introduce my son and Cosby, and he gives me a big hug, and then he goes to hug my son, who's not really a hugger. My he kind of <laughs> like and he, like to me, he doesn't take a. Hug. So he he looks at me like he's confused, and then Bill Cosby looks at me like, why where is your son? And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, but he, my, my son's he's just not a real big hugger. And he goes, oh, he will be. And he, he took him in his arms. And I said, yeah, that's the right move, Dad. That, that's it. And on the way out, and, and, my, and, he brought, and my son on the way out, he goes, wow, Bill Cosby hugged me. I said, yeah, you might want to rethink this I don't hug thing. I said, because look what you're missing out on. Said, wow, Bill Cosby hugged me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, wow. Great moment. Man, well, you have done so many things, and it's it's so awesome to have you in here. It and, is a pleasure uh, to be here. Really appreciate it. And you're going to be performing. I'm going to be performing tonight, to Friday, and uh, two shows tonight and two shows tomorrow at uh, Helium. Uh, People should Helium go to all Club? four of them. All four. Helium Comedy Club. Helium Comedy Club. Yes, yes. the corner of Southeast, Helium, yeah. Ninth, and Hawthorne. Yes, yes. And, I, and I have uh, heard that it is, uh, I have not performed it, but everyone <gasps> oh, tells me it's a very, very wonderful, nice. wonderful club. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, so come on down. And you know, by the way, not only am I confident that I, I, we're going to have a great time, but I, I have a, a guarantee. I, anybody who comes down, and if they don't have the best time, I will come back to Portland and take you to see a better comedian. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> come on, you know, Chris Rock comes to town, I'll take you. I just want you to be, in, you know, to have your comedy fill. Heck yeah. What's well, it, 7.30 and 10? 7.30 and 10. Uh, 10 o'clock show, it's possible the last half hour I'll be in pajamas. Uh, <laughs> I do get a little nappy. I'm not as young as I used to be, but still, who says you can't be funny in a robe? Hey, that's fine. That's true. Yeah. In fact, and maybe friends, a little funnier. <laughs> yes. yes. Let me just tell you, he's as nice in person as he appears to be oh on this my podcast. Absolutely. So. Yes. So get your tickets, heliumcomedy.com, and pick up his album and books. Thank you. And everything. 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 And mad about you on DVD. Yes, yeah, come to my house and straighten things. out my children. Do it there all. You go. Get the entire Paul Reiser collection. <laughs> just don't you. hug him. Yes. Don't <laughs> do that. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. And there you are, my friends. That's your twofer. So Baron Vaughn and, of course, Paul Reiser, that we've had them both in studio. 
And, um, yeah, the best thing about Fun Employment Radio, which, of course, is you all, number one. But uh, also a really cool thing is that we do get the opportunity to interview all these people. So, I mean, without you listening, we would not have the opportunities that we do. So we are just so grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you for taking time out of your lives. We know everyone's busy and you have a ton of things to listen to. Um, We just feel really honored that you choose our little show to spend some of your time with. So thank you so much. And, of course, you can find all of our shows at funemploymentradio.com. If there is a comedian or an author or a musician or somebody that you're like, hmm, I wonder if Fun Employment Radio has ever actually interviewed them, we have a search bar on our website, which is um, it's really awesome because you can just find anything. So if you're like, hey, I want to see if... Greg Proops has been on there, which, of course, he has. But you can see all the different episodes. So you can utilize that, find what you need. And all of this is true. So thank you so much uh, for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you all are having a great week. And um, I will be back either uh, – I'll be back tomorrow either with a new show or with the best of. I'm not quite sure yet. But regardless, um, I hope that everybody is having a wonderful week and – Thank you again so much for listening. Again, uh, thanks to Baron Vaughn and Paul Reiser for gracing us with their presence a few years back. So we appreciate it. And you. And I've said that a billion times, so I'm going to stop smothering you now. All right. (laughs) Love you. Have a good week. I'll talk to you soon with more Fun Employment Radio.